Does everybody have enough coffee? You know how I feel about that, right? All right. Uh, well, um, I didn't expect to get emotional right away. Just saying. Uh, a little bit about the edge comes from my perspective. Um, I, I, re- I remember when I, we were asked to stand if we thought we were supposed to be in leadership. And uh, I remember when Ryan said no. It kind of floored me, you know. Um, and I didn't understand that um, because of who he was to the church and, and to us anyway. Um, but Ryan will always be remembered as a leader to me, whether he was in that position or not. He's held me accountable when it comes to money through the church because that's what I do for the living room, if you don't know. Um, I do a lot of the outside-the-walls ministry and helping with people, their bills or gas or things like that. And, and that's what I primarily do for the living room as the leader. Um, I just stepped into this place of sitting up here and talking kind of recently. Um, but I want to share what happened when I went over there last this last week. We're in transition of how our money's handled. Um, and I needed to get a check. And it, and it was to send, we rented a car, so everybody knows Tyler was needing to go see his dad, right? So the living room rented a car for him and, and Zach to go and see his dying father this last week. Um, and praise God he's back um, safely today because I asked him, please be here. <laughs> um, but so I had to go over to Julie and, and Ryan's house um, I didn't know I was going over there. I thought I was going to end up at Jenny and Kent's house to get a check. And Julie had time and I had a minute. And, um, you know, I hugged her and I I said to her, I'm really going to miss you and Ryan. And uh, she looked at me and she says, you know, we're not going nowhere, Jeff. We're part of the family. We're going to probably CCC anyway and we're coming together with them. I mean, we'll be around. And that's what brings me comfort, knowing that those people will still be praying for me and us here as their journey continues. Um, It's a little soft spot because Ryan's youngest and my son, pretty good friends. Um, But that's life, right? People come and go. I love the idea of celebrating. Um, That's kind of what happened at our other church when people would leave. It would be, let's bless them and send them out there to do it, right? So I got way hit by the Lord last night. And it kind of altered, so I'm a little off this morning. I was going to teach on something else. And uh, first of all, I don't like teaching. I like to speak. I don't, I don't know if I teach well. But um, acceptance. I didn't expect to see Steve and Sherry Lee this morning, you know. Um, but that when Scott spoke last week um, about those five things, that's the big one that set out to me because we all struggle with tolerance or acceptance, right? Um, and then you hit glitches. I had a thing. I was going to give verses out, but, oh, our printer does it. Welcome to the living room. Printer wouldn't do its thing this morning, you know. Um, but I'm really good at telling stories. Um, and 
I asked as many people that have walked with me the last few years um, to try and be here today. Um, I want to relate something when it talks about separation and the importance of the Spirit with people as believers and accepting that you can't be ever-present with them all the time. You know, you just can't. But yet know that they are lifting you and you are lifting them, and that's what the church is about. So when I went up to Rose Coffee last time, um, it was a big deal. It, I, I was tearing down a roaster. I had no idea what I was doing, and I learned, right? That was the easy part. And then I had a doctor's appointment. First time I'd been to an endocrinologist in eight years. I'm an insulin-dependent diabetic. For all of you that don't know, I wear this little device that keeps me alive. Um, and it was kind of an important day. Um, you know when you're sick, those of us that carry sickness on a regular basis, um, you know when you're there, right? You feel it. You know you're off track. Um, and then you avoid the truth of it usually by not, at least myself, don't go to the doctor, right, if you don't know. So I went to the doctor, and it was great, honestly. I got a, a huge, um, it's still not good. My diabetes is off track. But um, they adjusted my pump for the first time in 11 years. And so as diabetes got better, I, I gained this relationship with this doctor and shared her my history. Because I got something else going on that's no fun. And, and it stinks. And it's too private to bring up, you know. But the point was, was I was released by this doctor to actually go forward in dealing with it with my wife. I mean, she had heard about it, you know. Um, and we were very in limbo because I had been to one specialist who kind of diagnosed me. And I'm going to the next specialist four days after this appointment <laughs> um, when I get back down here. So I'm going to pause that story. Okay, the other piece to that day was a huge celebration. Um, years ago, I worked in a home for troubled, troubled boys. It was a sex offender home. It's one of the clinically hardest to deal with and work with, especially be a light, right, <laughs> in that darkness. And uh, I had a relationship with this young man. I have a relationship with this young man. Um, that was so impactful in his life. I saw him stand up on his own and say yes at an event. You know what I mean? I, and we were close. My whole family's close to him. And uh, I hadn't seen him physically in eight years, right? Since we moved down here, a little bit before we moved down here. And he had lived with us, and I had reunited with him with his own parents he hadn't seen since he was six. Um, so it was an amazing experience. But to walk with him whenever he needed, whether it was through Facebook, phone calls, because we'd already met this relationship need for each other, and to facilitate and encourage people when you're not present physically. That's a spiritual thing, right? The only thing I can do for this guy is intercede. Now, back to acceptance, right? And intolerance. I can tolerate a lot. I was a hellion. You know, if I've got grace, everybody's got grace, you know. Um, 
So when I got to see this guy, I didn't like that the last six years he's been living out of wedlock. He said yes, right? I mean, we talked. I know he's a believer. You know, um, he's been with this girl, though, for six years. They have two children now. And, And so I went to his house for the first time. Met his family. And then we went out to eat and talk a lot. Um. It's important that we keep that open with people, whether it's Ryan way over there. He's not that far, right? I mean, really? The distance is he's here now because he's present with the Lord, too, as believers, right? Um, I struggle a lot with myself. And uh, when I went up to see Danny, because he's put me in this place, you know what I mean? That I don't, I don't like it. Um, and to be able to, because he's held me there. And when I got there, I had to be like, we're the same, dude. We are, with all of us, when it comes to believers. So, do I tolerate that he's out of wedlock and that he's, or do I accept? As a spiritual man, I see him and accept him as a believer. I have to tolerate what he does. Now, hopefully I can gain as a believer to hold each other accountable with whatever you tell me to hold you accountable for. But I have to love everybody through everything. I didn't, um, I had really cool intentions going up to see Danny. I know that he could do better if he had me with him because he has learning disabilities. He doesn't have his GED. He doesn't all these things because of how he had to start. And the the hard part is knowing the intimate details of someone's story like that and how many people look at that outside thing and don't look at what's coming from inside. I had to restrain Danny illegally at 17 because he went to stab a guy three times my size that was stabbed. He was on enough drugs at that time through the system to knock an elephant down. Seriously. I, I mentored him and brought him into my house after I took him to an Acquire the Fire event, which is unheard of for a sex offender to go that's in all this, even to an event like this. God made all this happen. Oh, by the way, it was a Christian organization that I worked for. But the beautiful part was watching me be separated from him physically. It's easy to help people when you're with them. He's no longer on any drugs for his anger management. He hasn't hit anybody since he's left my presence. He's made right choices when it comes to how he behaves not to get in trouble. And this was a kid that the only reason, and this is the truth, I talked to the caseworker in his history, the only reason he was taken from his parents, they were slightly mentally handicapped, and they smoked pot, and CPS found out. They loved their child, but he was ripped away at six. Was it the best environment? The system he went into helped create the sex offender, helped create the anger and the rage. 
because he didn't have that presence of someone at a young age. So yeah, he's a mess. But I accepted him for who he was when I saw him. Like I do my kids when they make mistakes. You know, she's back here too. The other one's upstairs. Or whether it's one of the crews, so to speak, they've become known as now, you know. But being in a place that when it comes to the important things of how do we use this thing, we don't hurt people no more. They might make a wrong decision for themselves, like I do. But I have to accept that and look past it because I see the bigger thing that they could be so that I don't get dragged down with them. And, and when, when I start breaking away all those things, the symptoms of our walk away from the Lord, and can see people change in another area. I mean, we're complex people. All of us. You know? And it was really nice to listen to Scott last week. I hadn't really, honestly, paid attention much. When people come from outside the church till recently, I've been busy. Now I have people to take my busyness away. And it's awesome to see this thing growing from my perspective. Think about this. Quinn just stayed. These people left the church we're now coming in unity with. Is that not a big shout to the Lord? Praise God. And it's really due to the work of the relationships, not the ever-presence. And I didn't expect to really bring this up, but I didn't really realize I met with Brandon um, about a week and a half ago, who was one of the leaders that came with Quinn and started the church. Um, I had, it took me a long time. Brandon's very important to me. I'm very angry. I finally got over being angry that he's not coming around enough. But, and the reason is, is because I met with, I have the opportunity, but the reason is, I realized today, that if Brandon would not have done what he did, let alone encouraging me to be who I'm supposed to be, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. I'd have let him just keep being that guy. And the awesome part to that was, was he started by telling me to go get an award to Living Room One at the United Way meeting four years ago because he didn't want to be the face of homelessness through the living room. And... It challenged me at that time because, I mean, look at me. I'm not usually that type of, I mean, I didn't come from this. And Brandon still makes time when I'm really, he need, when I need him. You know what I mean? It, and, and we might say to each other, we need to do this for three months, right? Everybody that knows Brandon knows how this goes. But that moment in time when we take time to share our burdens with each other. Just like Lee showing up at Eastside kind of blew me away. I didn't know she was coming. Having that relationship with each other to be like, oh, well, you're not exactly that person I probably should be hanging out with because of what you do. You do these things. I broke that barrier, and a lot of us need to. You know, just because you do something anymore, I should have the eyes and ears to hear and see what God has for you in your life. 
And the only way that those of us that can do that, we should understand that we have to be closer to God. I wasn't going to speak on this till I hope she don't mind, but Angie and I have had a rough couple days. <laughs> Personally, because our rides together are kind of different. Hers is definitely different than mine. But we're supposed to be walking together on the same page. Boy, that's a hard thing to do in a relationship. Um, and she, I don't know how to put this. She had to accept some things about herself that she spoke out loud to me yesterday that I never really thought would come from her mouth. I mean, it made me feel good because it's the first time it wasn't me being the butthead. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I'm usually the crazy wild one that has to go, okay, I'm going to deal with this. I got to say I'm sorry. Well, and I still had to say I'm sorry because I made some stupid statements, right? But not getting lost to the point in a relationship with each other where there's separation in the spirit and capitalizing on those moments. And this is important for us as parents, which she's kind of woken to this last week. Five minutes of encouragement to another will do so much more than 10 mi- minutes of wallowing in their crap with them because it's the same stuff. You're going to walk with people that you are like-minded with. It's about time we got like-minded about spiritual matters and let go of some of these things people do. It's their reaction. It's their misunderstanding of who they really are. And to be able to grow yourself Strong enough, deep enough in the Lord to feel comfortable to speak truth and love to people. And and you can't gain that without relationship with people and accepting that we're dirty, ugly humans because that's what it tells us we are. There's, there's no way that any of us can walk the way Jesus did. We can try, but he was perfect. We are not Acceptance can be a dangerous thing because then you tend to run in those circles. You need to change, too, because you're accepted. And, and, and that's the importance, I think, when it comes to change of yourself, being focused. I run with some pretty wild ones still. They make mistakes, you know. I also run with people that think they're perfect. And that's not true either. So I, I, I much rather myself would run with people in truth and, and, and accept that they've made it a little bit farther than they did when I met them. And that's because we have worked together to push each other to get closer to God. Um, I had verses this time, too, and I couldn't print them. Uh, oh, I don't have them on there. <laughs> okay. I, I hate, you know, the reason I don't like to bring verses to the table is I don't like taking this piece out of a story because I feel that that has let the enemy work more often than not in a service for me. But, 
when I take a story as a whole and I stand profoundly on the process that that story went through, I tend to see the Lord always and the truth in it. Um, I haven't, I didn't, I haven't got to read the letter that Ryan wrote this morning. I haven't been online. Um, I feel the separation when you're close with people from a spiritual perspective. But kind of what was cool, I knew they were leaving too. And I knew that last Sunday was their last moment. And unless you really know Ryan, he's not the biggest hugger in the world. But uh, it was really cool that that barrier was broken between him and I, if you know what I mean. And so I could hug him and tell him to go on and do what he needs to do. And uh, I know that there are people that have come and go through here that are still very intimate about praying for the living room and a part of the family. And that's the beauty of, I think, this place here. Um, we, we can all take hits, that's how I put it, to separate us. And I remember when, when Brandon announced that he was leaving the church. Um, and uh, I, I couldn't believe how mad I was. <laughs> Um, and the madness came ultimately because I was being pushed by Brandon. And then all of a sudden his spot was empty. And how in the world are we as a church going to fill that? And it caused some of us, it might have taken two of us to step up to fill a spot or three or whatever. But the essence of that man and, and, and the strength of his kingdom as an individual in the growth of that and spreading the good news is, is overwhelming. And um, I'm glad that I went through it so that I could stand where I could with Ryan and not be mad at all, if that makes sense. Um, praise God for Quinn. He's the last standing that started this thing. Keep up the good fight, brother, because we can't do it alone. <laughs> you know, because anytime stuff like this happens, you know, people start something anew. Um, there's a reason God has for it. And after being involved intimately the last few years, um, I believe we act just as crazy as we're supposed to here and love each other and help encourage each other to get closer to God. Um, hence, people looking at it this this place differently than they did not too long ago. Um, it's really weird to go to a funeral for somebody, never meet a pastor, and then it's like, oh, I've heard of you, and we're 20 miles away. Not me, the living room. And then it's just weird because we're so small, you know, um, but the thing that I want to really hit on is I think the commonality of all churches, right? I mean, if, if, if they're standing up there saying that they believe in Jesus, he rose again, you know, all those important things, then we have to love them. Sorry, y'all. We have to. And I've been blessed. I didn't really work a whole lot in social work before coming here. Um, 
I've been blessed to work in a couple places where I can be me and uh, see the Lord work and then see them who have mentored I've been with be doing the same thing for me in the spirit, lifting me up, keeping me humble. Um, And I think that we get stuck when we start hearing mass messages of, you're tolerating, you're this, you're that. Um, I think that the heart of the matter is the issue. Um, I don't like the world a lot. I never really wanted to be in the world um, until the last few years. And I always embedded, I embedded in, we were embedded in a church, didn't really go outside of that as community. But understanding as you grow, that's the mission at hand. You know, it it just is. And unconditional love's a hard thing. It really is. Um, and I'm struggling, you know, with some of that. I don't I don't believe some things, but people are pushing me. I.e., you know, my father-in-law is really pushing me. Because we have this plan of self-sustainable property up there and all this. And he's, I'm going to try and be careful, honey. (laughs) His really, his biggest concern about going forward is whether I'll kill somebody to protect my family when it hits the, he's a paranoid guy, you know. And this is the man that can't even shoot an animal. He went to, you know what I mean, years. It's just weird. Why? You know, and I don't know if some guy's coming to kill my house with violence. What I'll do till I'm in it. I, no, I pray that my sons at the gate go and be gone in Jesus' name and they go. You know, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't like that question stopping the ultimate vision of the future. Right? And it's exciting when the challenge presents itself to get on the same page with people to advance the kingdom. You know, and, and the conversation I had with this whole deal about self-sustainability, our whole plan changed, right? We were going to Colorado when the kids graduated and this and that. But ha- we had a conversation, and it went from me hearing, oh, we're going to do this for the family. And me looking at him saying, wait a minute, what's that mean? And he says, Everyone that needs to come, like through the family. that w- You know what I mean? So that's gone. You know, I've got ex-military brother-in-law. I've got Angie's brother, who's the biggest avid outdoorsman I've ever known in my life. And sitting at this table and there's plans with this guy. And ultimately, that has to be fixed, Right? Our understanding from a spiritual perspective what we are to do to protect our family. I believe the only thing I can do is intercede. I believe that if you come to do something to my family, I'm going to kill you. That's what I believe. Okay? I don't like it. I hate it. I know it's not the thoughts that I'm supposed to have. But I'm training my child in my house to pray against those things 
when I think about the rage that does come in those, I've, who've played out all those scenarios as a parent anyway? I mean, come on. That's your training ground. Take it to the Lord. I have to accept my father-in-law's position is where I'm going. I do. He's afraid. I am not of the physicalness of war. No longer because I believe. But I have to accept his position in that presently to go forward. And that's with the person with a needle in their arm, the, pe- the person obsessed with Internet stuff, whatever your symptom is of your flesh. As we work together to get closer with God through the Spirit, addressing our... I told Angie last night, I said, this is like... Conf- this is like... Huh? What? Oh, oh, wait a minute now. Quinn's popping up stuff. But it, it's... Oh, he threw me off. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, pfft, oh, that's like this big of a stuff. I don't remember. It's all right. You must not need to say it. But <laughs> I just want to say that it's important that you find people who are believers, and this is dangerous, that walk the walk with you in as such a way, truthfully, that the enemy can't touch that relationship because you're solid with each other. My family has had to accept a lot of things about me. My children have heard things probably, I don't want to say that, they needed to hear them at the time that they have the truth. When I first sat down with Angie, the very before we were believers, she had to sit and endure three hours of me dumping what I am to her crap because I didn't want that person over there to get in the way of my relationship because they might know something and speak it before I do. And so that's how I've gone about things, especially since my children are getting older. Um, and to be do that in your house, right? Where do we go from our house to the world? If you're doing it in your house, do not be afraid to do it in the world. It's challenging. It hurts. And I want to just kind of wrap this up because I know that we all have to accept some things in our personal walk to be challenged about. And I want you to see the examples of people around you as being strong. And that's why I get blessed every time I see Shirley. When she walked in that day at Eastside, there's no better example to me that brings light. Because anything I'm going through physically, medically cannot compare. And I've seen her stand in places that I don't think I could. And to be able to walk that walk with her encourages me to stay on track. Because I got other guys looking at me now as an example. You know, and, and if you have a relationship with individuals 
like that, there's your start, right? Get deeper and closer. Work that. I'm not going to work getting drunk with my 20-year-old friends like they like to do. You know what I mean? But they were doing it before they met me. They've been doing it for a few years. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. Now, the over 21-year-olds, I might get in trouble with a little bit because that happens. But my, you see my point? My point is open yourself up. Your weaknesses that you feel are shared amongst all believers because we all carry the same ones from a spirit. I want to get closer to God so that I can live the example of Christ, not speak the example of Christ. That's how they respond. Ask them. Ask them all. Those of you who have friends like that, you know this. My job anymore is to open the eyes and ears of the human race to hear the voice of the Father. Then they'll hear, they'll see Christ. That's the way it is anymore. That's the way it's always been. The kingdom is alive and well everywhere. It's about time we started telling everybody it's okay to be weird. It's a new message. You know, it's a new message. It is, it's a new message. I said that wrong. It's a new understanding of the same message. You know, pick your story and live it out of the word. I bet you're in there. Every one of us are. I can't do nothing other than live as Christ as best I can on this planet. And that's, to me, what being a Christian is. Um, It's really easy to open the eyes and ears to the kingdom of God because it's already in us. Everywhere. He's created everything. And then refine a relationship with individuals to exemplify Christ to them. And let them hear from the Father and love them through the whole thing. Accept who they are inside. Let's work on the symptoms together to get closer to God so we can see as individuals how much we are in relationship with our Father. Christ did nothing but point everybody to the Father. Right? All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity. I ask that you refine me to do your job well as a vessel. I ask that you refine all of us to seek you. I ask that we all accept the responsibilities as the believers of Christ to walk like him. Take those struggles to the Father. Take them and say, I'm... I can be free. Jesus came. Let us have the Holy Spirit. Help me to open the eyes and the ears of all that I walk with to see that in their lives. The kingdom. Let them hear the voice of the Father calling to come to the Son. I pray a breaking on that in Jesus' name.
amongst the people that are here today and the church. I pray, Father, for the strength and understanding and wisdom for all of us to seek God, the Father, through the word that has been put down on paper, through those around us that we see as examples of Christ. Let me have a relationship as such with my Father that I am never in the way to do the work as the Christian man that I've become. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending a son to exemplify and show us the way. Let us all stay out of the way and bring light in the darkness for those who don't understand, for those who don't feel the happiness and the love that comes with this life, no matter the struggles and the trials. Thank you for the opportunity to be a person who is happy, who is joyous, and who is peaceful in the midst of being a human. Thank you for the strength of people around us to lift us up, to see that in ourselves. I love you, Lord. Jesus, you are my rock and my Savior. And I want to thank you for being who you were. No other has done it like you here. Hence you being God in my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks. Anybody want to ask any questions before we go? Oh, kids. Got kids. I'm late again. Sorry. Any questions? Real quick as we're... I guess I forgot to do that part. No. No. If you have any, let's hang out. (laughs) Thanks, guys.